When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. a huge night at the Chase Center with Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, the Yawn Squad. I'm Schmitty, and this is Talking Schmidt today on the program. That's right. Who? Mark Suchu, current skater of the year. This is his last week before we hand over the reins to the new skater of the year, Tyshawn Jones. When I did this interview, we had no idea. The announcement had not been made yet. So if it's a little weird in that respect, understand. But congratulations, Tyshawn. Two-time, two-time Skater of the Year. A lot of people talking. And that's good because skateboarding is subjective. There's a lot out there and there was a lot of ripping. Yeah. Hey, so I got to tell you guys a little story and give a shout out at the same time. I don't know his handle on the Instagram, even if he has Instagram, but the other day I'm leaving the house and I'm kind of in a hurry. I'm going to the East Bay and I'm running to my car and I hear this guy go, Schmitty! And he's like, dude, did you get your fills? And I was like, yeah, I got it earlier, thank you. And he's like, I wanna buy you a coffee. And he gave me some cash. He's like, next coffee's on me. His name was Brendan and I cannot thank you enough, bro. I don't even know you, but that made my day. Like out of nowhere, just the Phil's coffee. Shout out, Brandon, thank you. I don't drink coffee. Before we get started, I just want to dedicate this episode to the ones still here. I miss all of you. We just need to be free and love each other. Last but not least, we're gonna hand it off to the Blood Wizard team that has been supporting the podcast every episode. Much appreciation. Big love to Justin Visser, Antonius Dincho, all you blood wizards out there. Head on down to your local shop. Ask Blood Wizard Skateboards. Or visit BloodWizard.com for all your pondering needs. Tickety tack. Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs, Dollar Olympia beers. 
We're here every day of the week. We got a garden and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. Hey, what's up? This is Mark Suchu and you're watching Talking Schmidt. Holy cannoli. It's cool, like tonight is the night. <laughs> yeah. Our big dog's in. Do we really want to be here? No, everything's changed. We on? Schmitty? Talking Schmidt. Talking Schmidt, dude. You're going to come out different. <laughs> shit my pants. Love. Your Rolodex is fucking deep. Holy shit. It's about the one. The one. The one. Who is this guy? He thinks he's tough shit. What's up? Come on, Schmitty. What the fuck? Tell the skateboard police to come get me. What is happening? I'm here for Greg Smith. Yeah! I need to reach for my chi. All right, guys, look, 2022 has been a banger, and all the stars aligned. I'm here at Atlas Skate Shop in San Mateo. These guys have supported me since day one. I lived in San Mateo. It only makes sense, but what doesn't make sense is how fucking lucky I got. I got the Sony with me right here. This is Skater of the Year, Mark Suchio. And I'm fucking hyped, dude. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's Christmas time. We're here to promote skate shops because if you buy on Amazon, you're a kook. You need to support the brick and mortar. I 100% believe in that. We need to keep skate shops up and running. They're the place that you're gonna learn a lot about skateboarding besides just what size your board is. So remember that. It's the truth. Yeah. Thank you, dude. Thank you. I appreciate this. Yeah. This is rad. Hell yeah. I don't know a lot about you um, in your early days, and I'm really intrigued by it. Um, like, you were raised in Saratoga? Yeah. Yeah, Where I grew up born? in Saratoga. I was born at the Stanford Hospital, um, and I lived at the top of the mountain in Saratoga, like in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Like Highway 9? Uh, way up there, yeah. So it's like... 15, 20 minutes up a winding, steep-ass road. Because we have a cabin in Boulder Creek. Oh, nice. Is it by there? No, it's not too close. It's like just out of downtown Saratoga. Oh, okay. If you go just past the cemetery and then 15 minutes up that hill. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I grew up there. At six years old, I moved, six or seven, moved down into, uh, like, kind of just around the downtown area. My parents still live there. And, yeah, then just lived in that house until I moved out, I mean, to go to college. I, so until you were um, like yeah. I moved out to go to college because I was skating and traveling a lot for skating, but then I went to college when I was 21. Okay, so what were some early memories skateboarding in the Bay Area? Like, was Daryl Angel one of your guys? Like, who are the guys you're like, I mean, was Jake Palou already gone? Who are some of the local heroes for you? Danny Fuenzalita was the first pro I saw okay. at the Milpitas Vans Park. The Chilean Prince. Yep. <laughs> he was skating with Poncho Moller. Shout out. Um, haven't thought about this in a while, but yeah, I do remember him, Danny Fuenzalita, talking a lot, and I was just like, what is he saying? He was talking about like theories he had or something. Um, Doing nollie heel front noses on the bump to ledge. It's pretty pretty rad to watch skate. Um, then yeah, Daryl Angel would skate vans a lot too. Sean Baptista, who rides for Atlas now. Uh huh. But then I would yeah, I think I would see the tilt mode guys around. I started skating. Oh, Jerry Smythe. Mm. I think Jake Blue was around still. Um, Andrew Pearl. Jerry Smythe had a cover, yep. shot by the one and only Tony Vitello. Hell yeah. <laughs> At Third and Army. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. 
and uh, they they were skating Rangsdorf with a lot of the guys who were like the original Atlas crew, like Josh Spira mm. and um, Patrick. And then they they told me about this new park, Sunnyvale, just down the road. Oh, oh, you should go. It just opened up, and I was like, all right, cool, I'll check it out. So I went there. 2004, I think we had opened. I was 12, and I just never left. <laughs> That's amazing. What, so was was that Mitchell? What where were you? Rangstorf Park. Rangstorf, yeah, circle? it's the Mountain View one. Oh, a skate park. The, the metal. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, did, what was the one called? That's a circle and it's a ledge. Phil always skated it, and that, like. Is it the ledge that's like slightly? And there's stairs. A three stair, it's, slight a slight angle to the ledge, so you can do no side crooks easy. And there's one metal ledge, or it's no? just a full circle ledge, like it's like a big, yeah, circle park. I feel like it was called Mitchell, maybe. Well, there's Deanza Park, that was called Ticonderoga Park. Okay. Then there's Sarah Park, there's Bower or Brower. Oh, okay, fuck. There's a ton of circle parks. Okay. <laughs> but the the good one was the Deanza ledges. Like, remember the tilt mode video where they have the huge camera? Lens? The huge VX, yeah, that's yeah. Deanza. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah right. So did you kind of? grow up skating those? Well, they were so tall. Oh. Yeah, and I, was, I just like to skate stairs. I couldn't ollie that high. Okay. So I hated going there because the run up to the three stair was rough. And how did you get your relationship with Atlas? Like San Mateo to Saratoga, there's other shops down there. Yeah. But like, what was the well, connection? When I, I was skating with Brandon Wynn a lot. We met when we were around like 13, 14. I was skating at Sunnyvale, he would come down just because it was one of the best parks in the area and uh, he'd get a ride down there from his dad and or he'd probably take the Caltrain and then we just ended up skating a ton down there and I would come up to Shoreview and watch him skate the rail, he would kill that rail back then. Mm. Uh, and yeah, he rode, he probably rode for environment, honestly back before Atlas started. And then Atlas started in 2008, I think? 2007, maybe? Mm -hmm. It's the 15-year party just happened, and we're in 2022, so it'd sure. be 2007. Right. And then I got on in 2008. So I was just coming up here quite a bit because I was riding for Fishbanks, the shop next to Sunnyvale Park. Uh. It closed down, it closed down. I, I had to, I had to, changed teams that was a difficult conversation really hard but i just really liked atlas everybody was like totally in the skate industry it seemed fishbanks was like a little bit removed from it were you already sponsored like by a, by a board company this was i was on powell at that time oh yeah yeah i was flow for powell i got on powell when i was 13 uh-huh and 13 to 16 i skated for powell okay just flow the whole time, but yeah. So when I when I first saw Atlas, I was just so stoked, and a lot of like a, on a rainy day, I would ask my mom after school to bring me up here, mm. and I would just like go in the back rooms. There's there used to be this crazy little crawl space with all like the secret shoes, oh, really? the Overstock <laughs> collection. And I would go through it and look at like the new Lakai's and shit. Uh. So yeah, I just hung out here enough, and Brandon would be like, "What the fuck are you doing in my shop? Go back to your shop." <laughs> but eventually, I just. I was like, yo, can I ride for you guys? And yeah, 2008, started riding for them. What was it like in school when you're starting to get like better at skateboarding? Was that around junior high or high school where you start going like, oh, I'm actually good at this thing? 
Um, I like 13, you got started getting yeah, flowed? Yeah, 13, I'm in eighth grade, started getting flowed. In fifth grade, I was like, the Circle A did a contest in downtown San Jose and there was an age division, you know, like eight to, eight to 12 or something and then 13 and up but I would win the eight to 12 ones. Oh. So I was, I got like first place in fifth grade and second and third also. Like, I went to three contests. So I knew I was pretty good. And um, then just kept skating, started filming with Richard Devera when I was 12. Yeah. So going into seventh grade. Mm. And um, we, he made a video in a year. I had a part in that and then I had a part in the next one. And yeah, I don't know. I, I was like, I was feeling confident, feeling like I was ready to look out for sponsors and stuff and send out sponsor me tapes. And that's how, that's how Richard got me hooked up with Powell after, like right around the time the second video came out, I think. Mm -hmm. So going into high school, I'm already, already sponsored by Powell and then Justin Williams is hooking me up with Force Trucks. Ears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's taking me down to skate camp and stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I have high hopes already okay. going into high school. And then throughout high school, I just keep filming. I make another video with Richard, I think, and then start filming with Mike Thompson, who lives in Millbrae, which is another connection to Atlas, Close really, like being here. in the area more. Yeah. We made this video, More Tiki Tempo. Mm. That was a really fun one to work on. Super artsy, honestly, for a 16-year-old to make that video. Uh -huh. From there, filmed a Fishbanks video part. That was right, af right after I, or right before I left Fishbanks. Was, I must have left when I was 15. Was Fishbanks near the spot Fishbanks? Well, the spot Fishbanks is in the circle park you were just asking about. Oh, okay. Yeah. We used to skate that a lot when yeah. I was young. So that was De Anza Park. Okay, okay. So they just took all that and it's all flat now. Okay. They took all that out. But yeah, it's, it's pretty near. It's right across the street from the Sunnyvale Skate Park. Oh, okay. So maybe 10 minute drive from De Anza Park. Yeah. So when you're th on PAL, let's call it the PAL era, was who's on your wall? Who are the dudes that you're fucking sparked by? I really loved Slap Magazine. Ever since one of those Circle A contests, I got a Slap Mag. So you're into Nollies, Silhouettes, Nollies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the artsy look at skateboarding, no? Yeah, for sure. But um, I had Pulio on my wall. I had huh. Bobby Warrist, um, Rich Adler, Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson was, I guess, a little later once Minefield came out. It's honestly the same time. I was on Powell when Minefield came out. Mm. Uh, Paul Rodriguez. The wall still stands at my parents' house. Yeah, so that, I can console. Photo. Yeah. No way. Dan Plunkett's on there. Yes. Malto. Shout out. Um, How cool that it's The so entire cool. Shorties team. Uh -huh. <laughs> Jamie Thomas. I got a lot of people on the wall, but the skaters I really liked back then were PJ Ladd and Huff and Puglio and Mike Moe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then skating with the Powell guys, I was blown away by Josh Hawkins. Josh Hawkins. Yeah, he was so good at skating the cutty spots. Just like, he blew my mind every time. Huh. And then everybody got so gnarly. Pretty insane to, to watch. 
What um, age were you when you started kind of like going to the East Coast a bunch and skating back there? That was when I had graduated high school and could just move around freely. Mm-hmm. It was like a couple months after I graduated high school. I started talking to Aunt Travis because my friends from SAC had gone out to to Philly and they'd skated Love Park and I was like, oh, I gotta go. So I went and he was an awesome host stayed at his parents house yeah Uh filmed for two weeks in the at the in the middle of december and then yeah i was just like damn i gotta come back in the summer and it was even better in the summer what was your first day the next year okay sorry what was your first impression of love park like you knew of it already but when you went there for the first time did it live up to the expectation? Like, were you like, whoa, this is kind of weird. I never saw this. Or like, was there something you remember, like the first impression getting there? Um, was the gap as big as you thought? Oh, yeah, I mean, it was so fun the first time to go there and see how it's all laid out and everything. I can't remember anymore, like, thinking, oh, I thought it was this way or that way. I do remember that first night, though. I, like, I think I rolled my ankle. Uh, um yeah, I didn't really get to skate love much that first trip, but I remember skating the levels and just thinking that was the sickest thing. The fountain was off, but it was just cold as hell. The ground was slicker than I imagined mm-hmm. from the wax on the ledges. The levels were more rounded than I expected, but they're like perfect rounded, you know, like Third and Army's rounded, but chunky too. These are like the most smooth smooth edge yeah yeah i was talking to a mutual friend of ours evan becker yeah and he uh he has this theory that i wanted to run by you that to be a skater that sits in the van i don't know if you've had this conversation with him before or not but we tend to have like we drink coffee together and we start spinning out and having these elaborate conversations about little things and uh He's always sworn that if you have a good back tail that you can do on a ledge, a good tray flip that you can do, and a good curiosity um, that you know you're interested in other things and you're asking questions and wanting to learn, that you can sit in the van and and grow and learn all the other tricks that are necessary. But that's the foundation. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I think you guys are too high on your coffee. So, I mean, a good back... T- I thought you were just going to say, like, if you have a good back tail and a good tray flip, you can film street lines and make it look cool. Mm. Like, if you go to a new city, you find a cool ledge, and you cut out to the street, you can make... That's what I thought you were going to go for, like, something about Well, that's kind of part of Philly. it, right? Like, you're yeah. able to, like, get away with going almost anywhere and putting on a, like if you have your tricks dialed those yeah. are two ones to have yeah and i mean definitely it's good to start with a solid basis for the other tricks if you're confident in one thing you know you got your back tail and your tray flip then it's like all right well i got that i can also you know mess around with a switch crook or switch back tail and suck at it for a while <laughs> have my go-to's and then figure this one out and add it to the bag right okay well, the question I got for you is the early, because you mentioned it and it helps me phrase it. How did you get into kind of having such a artistic look at making video parts? Like you said, that was pretty early on that you guys did this kind of artsy version. It's yeah. Like, 
have you been influenced by art besides skateboarding or was that just your mentality as like that's just who i am or like well for did you watch like something and that made you say that's what i want are you you talking about like putting together video parts like verso where it's kind of more conceptual stuff yeah i don't know um I mean, I've always loved video parts, and then my homie Mike Thompson, when he made that video, Mortigi Tempo, he set a really good bar for me to just like it was it was influenced by like photosynthesis and, and mm. videos like that for sure. We would watch Closure all the time, you know, Dan Wolf skating around like right. New York and talking shit on Southern California. So we knew kind of what was cool, or at least Mike did, and he could translate it to me. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, so that started off well, and at that I was 14 then. So then it's like skating with the Power Guys a little bit, then moving on to Habitat and skating mm. with Brennan Conroy, mm. and he would just like not hold any opinion back, talk a lot of shit. He never does. Yeah, talk a lot of shit, be really real with me, and then also skating with Stefan and Silas. Shout out. Uh, just like older dudes who do things really well you know who have mm. a really high bar but so i think for making video parts like verso it's having people around me who i can depend on to make art out of this stuff started with mike going to justin albert and chris mulhern and matt schleier and these guys who i film with um and then yeah really starting to think from a pretty young age, like hanging out with Brendan, I think I was 18, yeah, 18. Mm. Being super critical from then on, like wanting, that's what, I would say that vision of skating that I had talking with Brennan really influenced like Cross Continental. Okay. And th that was a step away from the tech shit that I was doing to impress the Powell guys, just trying as hard as I could on these tech tricks for like hours and hours back lip switch front crook fakie flip and stuff you know yeah fully flared era so from cr cross continental i just kept traveling and really exploring places going for like skate tourism aspect you go to a new city you find a classic spot and just like you're asking about with love park you see like oh this rail has tons of shit before it. You got this ledge and that bump to can, and like you can make a whole line out of this place. Yeah, and that kind of thing, like going through towns like Oklahoma City and be like, oh, I want to film a line across the entire plaza. That got me through like Search the Horizon, and I still love to skate like that. Almost got a good line at EMB yesterday where I was like, oh, I could hit this first. Ah, huh. uh, I got to go back for it. But yeah. Verso came out after I went to school, and I think for sure it was like my brain from studying literature and just studying the form of novels and poetry and short stories and stuff right analyzing stuff making it into making a schema of the thing so that yeah that last part came around the last section of verso where it's all forward and backwards that was definitely like I just put the tricks down wrote them down because I was so excited and didn't want to forget and then just like I was doing anything else in school I would like think about it and try to try to zoom out and be like what's the big picture what am I going for here should I do like a bunch of two trick lines that where they all follow each other or should I do them forwards and backwards I don't know my mind just 
kind of went off on that and they were so hard that it took so long to do I had so much time to think about it but, are, yeah are you like explaining this to anyone or are you just like this I just have to do this because I can't explain like you know what I'm saying I mean obviously it was totally the- explaining it yeah I explained it to Justin Albert and he uh, he didn't <laughs> fucking get it and then when it came out people like he's like that was my idea <laughs> I know he was dude it caused so much drama between us uh, like me telling him yeah put this after that and it's like and he's like it's just I don't know dude it's cool yeah whatever whatever I, I just I wouldn't do it that way <laughs> and then finally it comes out and people made like a website where you can really clearly see like this mirrors that and this mirrors that and this is the second slide oh, third wow. slide and Justin's like, yeah, dude, it's really cool. Honestly, like, I understand it a lot better than when you were d- describing it to me. Okay. We needed the website before the part came yeah, out. Yeah, that's not really good. Wow. There is, I, I want to check that out. Is it still up? I think so. Oh, yeah. Okay. Last time I checked was maybe like a year ago. I mean, the response that that got, did you kind of like, it's a hard question because you don't want to be like, of course, dude. But like, it's like. It was pretty well received. Like yeah. you knew it was gonna be good, but like, did you know that other people were gonna get it the way they did? And like, yeah, no way. Yeah, I did not think so. I was thinking like, okay, maybe, maybe like five percent of people will get this. I said this in other interviews, so I kind of feel like I'm repeating myself. But the five percent that did get it, it didn't matter that ninety-five percent didn't in my eyes because it was like people talked, and then there was something to get, you know. It was in the comments on YouTube. It was what people were chatting about. So that 5% kind of told I mean, the rest of Yeah, to me it's genius because it's like when I was a kid, and I'll date myself, but we had this game, I think it was called Adventure. And it was like this dragon that went around and looked for things. And you would, there were secrets. Yeah. And so you'd hear about the secrets and you'd be like, oh my God, if you go... A, B, A, B, left, right, start, yeah. you can get into this other world. <laughs> and But that was never on the box or anything. Yeah. So these were these underground cool little nuggets. Yeah. And it kind of reminded me of that when that stuff That's came sick. out and you're like, oh, that was homage to Mike Carroll, but it's like, no, but like, did you see the tricks he did at the spot? That was even homage, like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and like to uh, take it to, <laughs> Almost like a, what? <laughs> so, That's sick. Yeah, dude, it was super. Thank you. I mean, it's crazy because I, I mean, I work at the mag, so I'm, I'm watching all this thing unfold and everything, and I'm like, whoo, and we got Gary Rogers, like yeah. every skate line is like, this dude's Sony, this dude's Sony, <laughs> you know, like he had the biggest, like, so I think we'll get that to that in a minute because I, I don't want to skip over the part um, about you going from PAL to Habitat. Yeah. Like, does Brandon come in and kind of... I know Brandon real well, and so I'm wondering, does he go, dude, they're not really hooking you up, and PAL's kind of whack. <laughs> like, Habitat's where you want to be. No, it was... Uh, Powell gave me a contract to sign to turn me am to put me on the team. Okay. And I was like, oh, I'm going to think about it. And I was hanging out with Ears and with Greg Carroll, and they mm. were like, dude, honestly, you can ride for whoever you want to. Like, we'll, hook, we'll hook it up for you. Just set your sights on a goal, and we'll make it happen. 
And uh, I was like, oh, I've always wanted to ride for Alien Workshop. Honestly, always probably an, an exaggeration, but I saw Minefield. Right. And then liking Slap so much, you know, definitely Powell doesn't quite fit in with the Slap image. Right. So, you know, I did also watch Wenning and Papillardo on YouTube from Photosynthesis. Those parts were fucking super rad to me then. But yeah, it felt like, whoa, this, this is, they're just doing it so right. This is perfect. This is amazing. It wasn't a sense of like, oh, now this is what I like. It's like, yeah, this is what I've liked all along. Okay. So I was like, I want to ride for Alien. And they were like, all right, we'll reach out to people. And we'll send your sponsoring tape out. And Josh Kalis hit me back. And he sent me just, he like got in touch with uh, Chad Bowers and they got me one box and then Brennan heard about it and was like, nah, he needs to ride for Habitat. Oh. So he just kind of scooped me up. Okay. It was pretty quick. That was the last year of high school. But it's kind of a big family. Yeah. Like Habitat Alien, it's like girl and chocolate. Yeah. So are you but like- at the, at the time it was more, like when I was getting on Habitat, we didn't talk to the Alien guys at all. Oh. Now, maybe because the teams are different and it's like, me and Joey and Brandon all ride for Atlas and Joey and Brandon ride for for Alien and then also like Yage and Frankie Spears those are all the homies they all ride for maybe it has more to do with my friend groups but I talk to Alien people all the time okay so was there any like shoot I really want Alien but this is cool or were you just stoked yeah a little bit for sure yeah where you're like, I need more van time with Dill, come on! <laughs> Which I would eventually get a little bit of. Yeah. But no, actually, hold on, what am I saying? The first summer I was fully on the team, there was an alien habitat, Zoomies couch tour skate trip where we skated in New York and Boston. Okay. We did a demo in Jersey, I think. Uh-huh. And that was the full alien Habitat team. Dylan was there. Okay. That's the one where just got with Freddie Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Gardner's old house. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was really fun. The fat back video. The fat back video. <laughs> Joe Brooke was on that. That was so awesome. Yeah. I mean, you've been shooting with Joe for a long time. Yeah, for sure. He's one of the best in the biz and just really easygoing and big blue. The whole deal, right? Yeah. He's my homie. Okay, so you leave, you, you never leave skateboarding. You're always skateboarding. Yeah. But you want to kind of change your focus on education. Yeah. And just, we know that story, so I don't really want to reiterate yeah. that too much. But like, what time frame is that? That's uh, like, that's, I'm 21 when I go to school. So was that like 2015? 2013. 13 to around August. 2018? I graduated 2017. 17. Yeah. Okay. Once school's over, yeah. you regain your focus on skateboarding more and say, yeah. I want to do this part. Yeah. And a lot of that is because your brain was thinking extra at school probably and had too much to think and now you're skating. It doesn't have... Those are, as much yeah right? to latch on to for sure my, my i thought and um, no it definitely is that way i like i came out of school with ideas of how to how to like be more intellectually stimulated in skating like i what did i do i don't know i was thinking i was thinking of i think i interviewed people like i interviewed silas when we went to 
Argentina. I still have these little interviews on my phone. They're kind of mm. cool. I would throw toss around the idea of like starting a podcast about foot placement. Okay. <laughs> with like Gustav and Miles. That's just funny. like talk about real nerdy skate shit. Carl Watson was talking to me about the same thing. What about foot placement? Like. Just show the foot placement and guess what trick the guys are about to do. <laughs> Game show? Yeah. <laughs> I always do that with friends. All right, what am I about to do? Uh, and then I got a map of New York and I was like, I'm going to go down every street of Manhattan, I mean, and never accomplish it, but did go down a lot of streets. And then other shit, I don't know. And you're pro though, right? Yeah. Uh, you were pro I turned pro in 2013. Okay. Right before I went to college, and then I, I stayed pro. And is that, like, the pinnacle in your mind? Like, at that point, is skater of the year not even a thought, or is skater of the year a thought? No, it wasn't a thought. So is, like, pro, like, the pinnacle? Like, yeah, definitely. I got my board, I got to put out a part, then what? Yeah. Right? For sure. But then when you come back from school, are you like, hmm, there's this thing called skater of the year? No. No? Yeah, no. I never thought I could be skater of the year. Oh. Yeah. Not even with Gary hollering about it? Well, by then, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the first time I thought it was when was when Kastrusi called me and said that Tony and people at Thrasher were talking about it. That was like early 20 early 2019. Mhm. Mm 2019 was the year that like you some a lot of people thought you were skater of the year in 2019 yeah that was the year you that Verso, Verso came out yeah but i like won i won the silent silas's grotto lotto ah i won that and um that was the year i had I was there. a lot of photos yeah that was such a fun contest i had a lot of photos with burnett and he was asking like when's the video part going to come out or no we we were working on an interview like a big interview mm. and uh you know, I guess when you have those big interviews, it's like, okay, well, there's a lot of coverage. Like, could there be a Saudi run? Can we coordinate around it? When are the videos dropping? Mm -hmm. Just to make it more interesting for the viewers. Um, but so, yeah, they let me know. Kastrusi did. And I was like, oh, I won that contest. I got this video part coming out. Maybe, who knows? So that was when I first started thinking about it. But 2017, when I graduated, I was like, all right, try to have fun skating and then I started skating and there was like a big period where I couldn't go for shit like I was scared of of the least dangerous spots you know mm. just having a really hard time getting over hesitation um, but then after a couple months I fed off that and like I fed off the feeling of like, all right, this is sketchy, but I'm going to go for it and just kept searching for it and really using it as momentum for the next thing and feeling like kind of like how we were talking earlier about the tray flip in the back tail, like feeling like, okay, I can do, I can do tech stuff. Like that's kind of how my feet work. If I'm doing kickflip back tails that day, it's easy to just do the next thing out like okay 360 shove it or whatever it feels like i'm just doing a back tail kind of uh -huh. but like this other stuff like just jumping on a 10 rail is scary for me and i remember cory duffel called me a tech guy and i was like oh my god i'm the tech guy I, maybe i hadn't really put it in, together in my head but that's when i started realizing like 
all right, if I'm the tech guy, then to me, skating a 10 stair rail is gnarly and should be gratifying. So I can do it all the time, really. Because like, look, everybody else does it, but it's scary every time and fulfilling every time, a thrill every time. So I just like kept doing that and kept searching for, for like ways to get around that hesitation. Okay. And uh, yeah, it just started flowing really well. And then I was like, damn, I got to make a part that like fully shows off how comfortable I feel right now or like after getting out of school. I got to put out a part that shows that I'm back, that I'm totally in it. Because I had been putting out footage throughout college and it, I just didn't really like it that much. So in, in some ways, are we saying that Duffel kind of pushed you to skate rails more and get less tech? Or did you embrace the tech? No, yeah, I definitely, I was like, are you kidding me, Duffel? <laughs> yeah, baby! Corey, what the fuck? Mark, he knows know. about this. He feels bad, actually. It's not a big deal. It was Corey. cool. Uh, it was also the Street League guys. I started doing Street League 2018. Oh, right. And um, it was, it was kind of confusing, because I do, in all the parts, like in Cross Continental, I kickflip back nose blown a rail and nose grind that one rail in San Francisco that was, it's like a house spot with a six foot drop off it. Mm -hmm. I do some rails, you know, it just was never like my focus. It was just, I like to get tech on little rails because I think there's a lot of interesting tricks you can do. And then I like to skate bigger rails when they're super cool, like a, like a house spot in SF. But then like at the contests, I would switch lip slide a 10 stair rail and it's like perfect ground. You're just trying to score points. So it's, it's not like, do I want to, if I were there filming a trick, would I switch lip the 10 rail that's got perfect ground or would I like use the weird bump to down rail to do something that I normally couldn't do? Like that's where I would go, mm. but that didn't score points. So I started noticing that and just doing the boring switch lip. And then the judges are like, really not known for skating big rails. Mark does another, you know what I mean? And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, so then I started feeding off about it. Half the time. Well, yeah, I think <laughs> they got to talk all day. So yeah. they're just fucking coming up with shit. Yeah. You're like, is it Andrew Cannon on the mic? Like, dude, <laughs> have we met? Like, bro. <laughs> well, let's talk about the 2019, the year comes out. Uh, I mean, the video part comes out and... Uh, Skeeland had been out for years. Yeah. But I remember just going, dude, it was almost annoying at a part, point. Like, it's like, we get it. He loves Suchu. You know? And it's like, I guess the only way to ask it is, is there some disappointment when you don't get Skater of the Year that year when you're hearing that regularly and probably people are feeding your ear like, dude, you might get it, like, or something. Yeah, for sure. For like, sure. Are you at a point where you're like, oh man, I might get it. And then you don't, and you're like a little bummed. Yeah, definitely. So does that at all have anything to do with 2021 and saying, I'm gonna fucking crank out way more shit. Like I'm, I, I got it. Like just how you had your mindset on how I'm gonna build this part. Now yeah. I'm gonna build this skater of the year. No, yeah, people love to see it that way, and I guess it's it, it makes sense. But it's still just like I am not deciding to go for Sodi. It's like the thing is told to me, like, hey, you you could be you could be a good candidate or whatever you want to call it. You know, like you could have a good Sodi push this year. Mm. And I'm like, wait, it's late September. <laughs> 
I don't even have a fucking. I have maybe one part coming out. Are you kidding me? Uh, I want to. I have this one video part that I want to work on for the next year and a half. Mm-hmm. I have to put it out by the end of the year. Like that fucking sucks. And for a couple of days, I was like, ah, oh, shit, should I do it? Kind of knowing, like, of course I'm going to do it, but thinking, fuck, how am I going to have this video part come out and not be pissed that I just robbed myself of this cool idea, which was the Flora 3 part where I'm skating the handrails, kind of like the end of the Verso part a little bit. Right. Um, but, yeah, so it was, it was late September, and I had a shoe part that I was... that. Justin was staying with me in New York to finish up and then we started looking through all the footage and I I don't even think I had put out anything in 2020 yeah I don't think I put out anything that whole year because it was it really was like I had a part in the Ruka video that dropped at the very end of 2019 okay and then so it was just 2020 was COVID and nobody was expecting much so by, by the beginning of 2021 I was sitting on, you know, a ton of footage and then I was like, all right, well, I just have to focus on like maybe getting the ender for some small, smaller parts and then really going to town on these rails and like flying around for the floor video. Right. But yeah, so I would say that I was disappointed when I didn't win in 2019 because for sure people were talking it up, but it was also pretty clear to see it's like two different styles of skating and the one is more like classically thrasher mm. so it was always i was always ready like all right yeah was, you know could go either way mm-hmm. but it was still a big bummer and i was like ah oh, man should i change how i'm doing anything like i remember asking my friend derringer like should i not skate big rails anymore because people are gonna think i'm like trying i'm like uh compensating for not getting sody oh you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just like, really getting in my head about it. That's what I was wondering. Like, are people going to always bring this up that I almost won and that I was the guy who didn't win? Yeah. Because I'm too, maybe tech, maybe like creative, maybe, you know, just not gnar enough. Yeah, I mean, I seen Tori Pudwell go to the Sodi party not knowing who the Sodi was and he was a contender. Yeah. That, that year was like Wes Kramer and, you know, like, whoa, that was heavy. You yeah. Know? Like, they always say, what, what about announcing at the party? And you're like, there's a winner, but there's kind of a loser. Like, it's not a loser, but like, it is yeah. a heartbreak if you're like second. Yeah. Right? So like that, I, I totally get that mentality. It wasn't always like this, clearly. Yeah. But we didn't always have YouTube, social media, all these different, like, we need content all the time, and yeah. that's part of it. But when it becomes a Tyshawn dropping four parts in one week right before we announce Scare yeah. of the Year, I don't like that personally. Yeah. But it's not Tyshawn's fault, and it's not, not. Thrasher's fault. Yeah. It's just the nature of the companies, and maybe like, it's hard to explain, but like, how do you feel about that? It is what it is, or do you think there's a way we could kind of correct that so that we remember? Ashad put out an insane part in January. Like, I know, no right? Even Ashad about always that. puts out parts in January. Yeah, and I love that. <laughs> like, fuck y'all, I'm putting my part out now. I know, that's the way to do Just it. kick off this year with this, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I think... Because I think a lot of people... it's just going to keep going like this because people see that it works. Like, I think... Yeah. I think when I... In 2019, when 
when me and Jokes Trucy were talking about making a push, you know, like, hey, you could be a good contender, I was like, all right, cool. Well, I, I won this contest in, in March, so I'm already like doing stuff the whole year. I put out a little, mm. little uh, Thunder video part. And to me, back then, I was thinking like, it matters that I've been skating well in the limelight the whole year. But um, then, go ahead. How's it going? How you doing? Yes, I'm a big fan. Hey, thanks so much. Yeah, nice to meet you. Hey, thank you. Say hi. We, we're doing a little podcast. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> um, yeah, so in 2019, I was like, okay, cool. It, it makes, I'm glad that I've had stuff coming out. Now I can actually put out the rest of it and I'll have been in the limelight skating well for the whole year. And I thought that mattered. Right. And then, uh, you know, I can't remember exactly how it went with Milton, but he did just drop like the 12 minute part right at November, mid-November. Yeah, know? and the car wash cover yeah. was so legendary. Yeah. It almost reminded me of the David Gonzalez year where he did that kinker yeah. and it was like Because everyone was trying that car, I mean, not everyone, but Dolan and people were trying it and he went there and did it. So people yeah. knew the magnitude. No, for sure. Yeah, so I mean, but yeah, but you know what I mean though? It's like all at the end of the year, right? So that's when I kind of realized like oh, it's and then Mason the next year He did drop parts the whole year. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess it's like Milton shows that you can just have shit come out like at the end of the year and then Mason's like all right hit him over the head with four parts, right? And He did he killed it the whole year, but now it's like well, you can you can you can do it by just putting out stuff at the end of the year so right. why would you waste your time getting rid of footage at the beginning when you can save up for a huge impact part at the end of the year so is part of that pressure coming from the advertiser like is adidas like saying i don't want to put out a part in february i want your part to come out right before every all the hype is going yeah i mean from an advertiser it's going to probably be like Cha-ching, like it's gonna get more views. It was it was strictly like, hey Mark, the year's coming to a close and you're you have a lot of good stuff. You could have a good push. Let's start doing this. Okay. And it's like, okay, we don't have much time left. Let's try to get these parts out. I did have oh, my so just my colorway dropping in mid-October, and a part was gonna drop with that, and then they're like, let's stagger the parts from then on. It wasn't it wasn't like good, the end of the year's here, now you can start putting out your footage. It was like, hey, I don't think anybody else is gonna do like, like Nigel's not putting out a crazy part or anything, right. you know, like you, the floor is open to put some good stuff out there. Mm. So it, was, it wasn't so much advertising, it was a little bit more happenstance, but we're, we all know full well like, Sodi can be made at the end of the year. So it's like, all right, let's go for it. Okay, yeah. so what, what's the feeling when it's just like, how do you, who tells you? How do you know that you're Sodi? That was, uh, that was, it was pretty fucking amazing because I didn't have any clue. Um, and it's in the middle of the COVID. Before anyone else did. Yeah, this was. So it's a weird era. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't f like, this was right before the second variant yeah. got bad late, late, or it was December 2021. Right. And then like at the end of that month, then things started getting pretty bad again and COVID tests every day and shit. But uh, yeah, it was, 
Adidas was in town. They were doing um, like just marketing, I forget what it's called, but when they just spend time in New York looking at the trends, going to stores, seeing what's cool, just to like kind of brainstorm yeah, or get ideas. And we might have been doing like a little event. So I knew the whole, everybody was in town and there were going to be dinners. And there was one dinner that, that like half the crew was going to and then I was going to the other one. So I had this dinner planned and it had a reason. So it wasn't just like, hey Mark, come to this big dinner for fun. It wasn't, I didn't go there thinking I'm gonna get Sodi. So it was a surprise. It was a big surprise and only Shire and Joey Abarca, I think, knew, Paul Shire and Joey Abarca knew beforehand, but that the post came out, the Gary post when he photocopies or whatever, he, the, <laughs> my face comes out of the fax machine. <laughs> I love that. That came out and uh, then people just started calling me. I remember. Oh, it came out it while It came you out were when I was dinner? at dinner. So somebody maybe sent you a link to it or something? It was like Jiro, my friend Jiro Platt. He's like, he's 16 now, so yeah, it's a year ago. He was calling me at dinner and I was like, come on, man, like you're just calling me to go skate like flat right now? <laughs> just stop calling. And then I get another call, I think, and I'm like, what the, why are people calling? And I see from Joe Strusi, he says, there it is, you got it. So well deserved. And I'm like, what do you mean? Where is it? <laughs> you know? And then I turn to Xander, Xander Takatomo, who's sitting right next to me. Um, and I'm like showing him these weird texts I'm getting. And I'm like, and he's like, oh, dude, did you, did you get it? And I look past him and I see Shire's just filming me. And then I'm like, oh, fuck, is this, is this it? And then slowly, like, people start at the dinner table. It's maybe like 15 of us. People are like, what's going on? I think Marshall's on Sony. Oh, shit. And then, like, travels slowly down the table. And I'm like, at first, I'm like, wait, nobody else got it? I was like, oh, so it's me? <laughs> it was so funny the way my brain was just, like, slowly going through this. And I was thinking to myself, like, oh, okay, well, I got it. All right, am I going to be happy? You know what I mean? Like, I thought in my head, like, am, am I going to feel happy soon? And then all of a sudden, people started clapping, and I knew that I, like, they wanted to dap me up or whatever, and I knew I had to stand up to go around the table. And, like, as soon as I stood up, all of a sudden, it just hit me so hard. I was like, oh, my fucking God, I can't believe it. And I was so stoked. And I walked around and gave everybody a hug. And the whole table, it's like this long ass table inside a sushi place in Manhattan and an open floor plan, more long tables. The whole restaurant's like watching us clap and shout and, and uh, there, a lot of people are like, what's going on, what's going on? And then I think the whole, eventually people heard and I think the whole place like went in, into applause. At least there's definitely a dinner party or a birthday party of 14 year olds at the next long table like no parents just 14 year olds wow and they were all like lining up for a selfie and i was like you guys got to go back to your table you're disrupting <laughs> you're so bad the sony holy shit That's some guy came over to me and was like my daughter's not here but she's very beautiful or something like that can i get a photo of you for her no way. like hey <laughs> oh my god so what is the party like? 
Are you nervous or are you stoked? I'm so nervous. I hated it. Yeah? Yeah. Are you like thinking about like a speech or are you like, I'm just gonna freestyle whatever I feel at that moment or like- Yeah, like just getting ready was the shitty part. I don't know, like that, the day of, I was just so anxious and I was like, damn, is this like the coolest thing I'm ever gonna do? You know? <laughs> is this like the biggest, is this like, the moment of my life right and then just feeling like i don't know somehow you know you it's a lot of social anxiety i guess Absolutely. and i'm not normally like i get anxious and i'm not up on the stage yeah. there's a lot of peers and a lot of people that you know are there to look at you and you're like yeah this is your moment but, but it was it was kind of more yeah I guess I was worried about like going to a party of a couple hundred people where they were all like kind of nominally at least there for me mm -hmm. and uh, and yeah it was like as I I went over to Matt Irving's house and he was like, oh, dude, don't fucking worry about it. Those people are just going to fucking have, get drunk and like see their friends. Like it's not, don't take it so seriously. And it was exactly that. Yeah. I was shaking a lot of people's hands and saying what's up and everything. But it, like actually getting there, I'm a pretty social per person and it was totally fine. Okay. And then the speech, yeah, I thought maybe, I think I probably brainstormed like one touchstone like kind of how to say thank you and like how to say I'm so deeply honored kind of deal. But um, it, it all happened pretty quick and in a pretty idiosyncratic way where Burnett thought I was backstage when really nobody had even come to find me. So I was at the very back of the crowd hanging out with my girlfriend and my parents. Oh. Or my brother and my mom. And um, and so it was just like funny. I was laughing at him almost like, oh, silly, you think I'm back there? So it already put me at ease. And then I made my way through the crowd and my closest homies were up at the front and they all freaked out when I got there from behind. And Burnett's like, where is the guy? And then all of a sudden my homies get all psyched and they're like, they pick me up or something and throw me over the barricade. Finally, I get on stage and I'm already feeling like the love so I'm feeling totally comfortable and then it's Gary up there and it was just a great time. Perfect. And then I was like immediately, as soon as I felt like I could maybe get off the stage, I was like, can I go now? Okay, cool. Peace. Yeah. Let's get that photo with the trophy and <laughs> yeah. I gotta go get a drink. Are you a drinker? Yeah, I probably had like two or three drinks by the time I got up there. Okay. Um, but I didn't get blacked out or anything. I remember Mark Johnson talking about his Sodi night. Oh, did you talk to him about it? No, just that interview he did. Ah. He, he blacked out and... Um, Won a Harley Davidson. And I, I think he remember. Woke, woke up. Did he what? He won a Harley Davidson and I think he sold the Harley wow. at the party to somebody else. What the fuck? And he may not, or I don't know if he remembers that or not, but yeah. That's crazy. But yeah, he... Um, I think he woke up the next day without the trophy and he was like, oh fuck, I lost it. <laughs> But I think some like Kelly Bird or someone had held on to it for him. And yeah, he, so he just, I just remember that story because it's like, damn, you could, that could be a crazy night, you know? But I had a couple more drinks and, and was just so fucking tired. Like we had that hotel room near Union Square. Yeah. And 
there's like the receptionist checked me in and was like, would you like beer? And I was like, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> and we were supposed to go do something else, but it was like 1.30 already and SF's a little dead sometimes yeah. Union Square area at 1.30, so wow. we just went to bed. Okay. I guess my question is, in your mind, are you worried that you're gonna have those same feelings that kind of made you like go do something else and change your focus? Well, no, because that was, that was pretty unique to like that age. Like I was feeling like, all right, I'm fucking 18, 19, and the rest of my life is gonna be skating. And then I was like, wait a second that's kind of crazy, like, shouldn't I do other things too? And I was seeing, I was going on on trips where I would really, I would go to these amazing places in Europe and stuff and just see the skate spots and feeling like, wow, skating is really narrowing down my view of the world. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to like open it up. And now I feel like, uh, you know, I have a lot of different facets to my life and enjoy a lot of different things. So I don't, that's not okay. a, a worry anymore, but oh. with the, with the pinnacle type deal, that um, that's just, I think it's just like something something to to get over, you know. It's like it hasn't been too difficult. Everybody I talk to, all my team managers and stuff, are like, "Yeah, are you chilling? You should be chilling for the next six months." And yeah. I did just try to relax Enjoy and like it. just do fun stuff. And, and I skied a lot that winter. Okay. Did, yeah, I spent a lot of time in the Saudi mountains. trip? Was that fun or was that stressful or like how was that? That was, that was a little stressful because I had to get the cover. Uh-huh. And I, I hadn't been skating. I definitely didn't skate for like a month after Sodi. Um, because filming the video parts that led up to it yeah. put, took me out a bit. Okay. It was like maybe I could have skated. I think I could skate a little bit. Like I was slightly hurt at the party and then able to skate a couple days. I know I filmed like just a little line for Gary's uh, pushing pink, pushing for pink. Yeah. In the pink hoodie. So I could skate, but I was like, yeah, like I'm going to let my knee heal. And then I just relaxed after that and would just ski. It was winter in New York anyway. So by the time we got to February, February 1st, I think, so not much time after the party. We go to, to Sardinia and I'm feeling like slightly rusty, but the weather's warm and the spots are so good. So it's like, oh damn, okay, cool, this is fun. But then shit, like I have to get gnarly for the cover and thinking like, ah, oh, the spots that, it's like we're in Europe. There's, yeah, Europe's never really been, on the trips I've been on, place to go to for handrails, it's always like amazing plazas and like really sick, different spots. Like, right. I was just watching the Element video and you see that a lot, you know? A lot of those spots are just like crazy bank things. And yeah. That video is rad. But uh, it was like shit, like the, hand, the big rail is like a great thrasher cover. Like we can get our work cut out for us if we do that. Mm. It'd be harder to find something that's got the magnitude of that but is like a plaza bank spot right but then i started asking the our tour guide and he pulled up some spots i was like okay cool let's go check those out okay was there was it like i'm imagining it's stressful too to like 
pick the crew. Like you kind of pick yeah. friends that are going to come along. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, okay, Dennis, Silas, but not so-and-so or so-and-so. And then is there hurt feelings or like? Yeah, everybody was pretty chill about it. Okay. Um, it, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. I mean, only so many people can come. And yeah. Only so many people can mix with Dan Z. Like we know all those <laughs> things. I heard there was a grumpy and a happy van. Oh yeah, there was. <laughs> I was in one of the vans at first. I was kind of like going back, back and forth. One of the vans was a party van with jazz in it. Okay. Jazz was up at fr up in the front with a speaker, uh -huh. blasting shit and dancing, and then that. That I don't think that was the bird watching van, but Silas and Joey were bird watching in one of the vans. Okay. <laughs> there was some movement, you know. I, would, I think they should have done the vice, uh, you know, how they record everything, all audio, like for the, just the bus trips, like yeah. the shit talking or whatever would have been amazing. It was pretty funny, dude. I definitely wrote some stuff down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that gets us to this year. Yeah. Um, scare of the year. What are your vibes on who's gonna, uh, who you're gonna hand the torch to, and what's your year been like as skater of the year? Has it been pretty like chill and like I'm trying to help myself relax a little bit? Or, yeah. Like, ha have you got any crazy endorsements like the Sushio uh, <laughs> energy drink? Or like, what's the craziest thing someone's uh, approached you with? Like, Fuck. Um, that's a lot of questions, I know. <laughs> but I, I did. I think. I Pacifico reached out. Really? Or they didn't really reach out. They just made like preliminary things, offerings, you know. And I guess I could have like asked them if I wanted to, but huh. I like to keep it real, real straightforward, real simple. I think there was a Mountain Dew offering, uh -huh. but uh, yeah, just been doing skate stuff keeping it the same yeah trying to just stay no changes to the okay. sponsor list so uh, the year was good it was a lot of forced chilling trying not to get too caught up in anything not skating not like any of the other side projects i do to get myopic and closed-minded like focused you know tunnel vision on anything just wanted to like live and enjoy myself right spend time with my lady and everything okay. and uh yeah, so that mission accomplished, but it's kind of hard to like film real clips now because I'm always like, ah, is this good enough? Or like, I don't know if I have an idea. But we've been, me and Justin this week, Justin Albert, have been working on a little Beirut video. Oh. Yeah, the, the band that I skated to, I had two songs in verso. I met up with that guy this year oh. we became friends and um, I sent him a little riff on the ukulele and he sent me back a full-on song using it wow. and, and he's like what should we do with this and I'm like fuck this is so cool really? so we're making a little music video for that and it's just like all moody I mean just uh, not moody but but we're just doing like uh, storyboarding shots or just like trying to figure out the look right now but uh, yeah so we, we did that yesterday and the day before and we were at EMB filming the light in the buildings and me rolling around and then I'm like wait shit this this is a good option for a line I think we should film this for real so that's cool how it kind of like funneled me back in a little bit so uh -huh. hopefully some video parts to work on next year yeah but yeah so the year's been good I'm excited to pass the torch uh, Let's have somebody else deal with the 
anxiety of going to that party. Yeah. Um, it's so been, it's been a. I I'd say this year is pretty complicated. Yeah. I think we got a lot of good skaters that have done a lot of rad stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what What are your thoughts? Like, um, so we know that. Louie has got a part coming out, and Tyshawn has got a part coming out. I think Tyshawn's part drops today, maybe. Really? I think. Awesome. I can't <laughs> wait to see it. I know, I, you know, living in New York, I hear so much about the shit he's done, and uh-huh. it's all fucking incredible. And his last part was super sick. Right. So, and then Nyjah's been putting out parts left and right. I know he's got more, too, I think. Okay. Yeah, so Louie, Nyjah, Tyshawn. Who else is on your radar? Well, uh, I, the feel-good story of the year for me is Spanky. Spanky. I, I just want to put him in there because I love Hell that yeah. kid, and he just skates really I cool. love his skating, yeah. too. So Spanky's in there for me. I love with him. Heavy hitters. Ashad put some stuff out early. Clive Dixon put out Clive Dixon's ride. part was pretty crazy. Yeah. Ronnie Sandoval. Uh, Deeds. Deeds. Um, Dude, yeah, that There's fucking, been a lot. I mean, it's... <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not trying to insult anyone that I'm forgetting, but yeah, those come Who put to out mind. the interviews? In the mag. Yeah. Right. So well, that's a, there that's was, a good way. Nyjah just had the interview in the recent one. Did you read that interview? Yeah, I did, I did. Do you think he has a chance to win Scare of the Year? Yeah, like, to be, to be totally frank, Nyjah's just, like pushing the boundaries of skating and it's so crazy to watch and at the same time I know it's like oh those pants that fucking that mindset it's a little bit it's not what I grew up on it's not what I love but I can't say I'm not inspired by what he does and also skating with watching him skate at street league is like pretty fucking pretty amazing because it it just shows you how precise you can be if you if you're aiming for that kind of thing so I do I do really admire the shit he does. There's, he had like 20 enders for most people. A million enders. First so, trick was an ender. I've been talking to the kids a lot because I try to stay youthful. And the, uh, a lot of people are saying what Tyson's doing, like the switch over the length of the uh, picnic table. Yeah. is just such a, almost like what we were talking about with Milton going up, like that one pinnacle thing that no one else can yeah. do. Yeah, dude, I can't wait, but I just, I saw this one photo through Adidas of something Tyshawn tried and almost got, uh-huh. and it is so mind-bending and so amazing. That, that's what Burnett Equally, I mean, like going up 10 and down 25 is pretty fucking nuts, but this is also like, this, this one in particular is so simple. Mm in everybody's face but nobody could ever do it and so if he did it i think that's you know that's definitely some sodi shit yeah tyshawn's a great one because we all know him as a sodi already so we're ready like our hearts are ready to give it to him again yeah um and yeah louis is a great contender too because he's come so close so many years and just I such an all-around amazing skater i think louis is everyone loves louis yeah like we want you to win yeah but this might not be the year that you did enough because a couple other guys had a monster. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I've been hearing about T-Funk. Him. I keep T-Funk? forgetting about him. His 
San Francisco carnage was like insane. Like the Ollie over the long bench. And never watched that part. And then he did the top of Mason, that rail and bomb the hill. Like a lot of stuff. What did he do? Uh, is it Mason or Jones? The, the rail that like well, that Frank, Frank from front boarded? Yeah. What did he do? He did frontside nose grind and then bombed the hill. Bombed the whole hill? Yeah. yeah. Which was heavy. It's just, I don't know. What do you think? Who's? I'm guessing uh, all day I dream about uh, Adidas. Adidas. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be Dijon for you. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's you really got to watch the parts. So. Right. I've been hearing about Louis making this run. Like, just everybody's been talking about it. I don't know whether because so they know him or just because they're hopeful. You know, I'm not sure who's, who's getting in my ear, but I, I've been feeling like, oh, is this, is this Louis's year? But then we haven't seen the parts. And, yeah, Tyshawn, I feel like he has two more parts, too. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a last minute. It's total. It's like, how can I say? Because we've seen so many other years. It's it's like right up to the deadline, to the buzzer that the committee is out. So I I hope it's Louis. I hope it's Tyshawn. Those are those are the people that I want to see win. So either one of those, you're still. Yeah. If you had to, if you had to end it right now before Tyshawn's part, I would say Nija like definitely fucked it up the most. Yeah. Whoever wins, what do you have any advice? Something you would nah, tell nah, no, no way. I would like just tell them to relax and enjoy the ride, or like, yeah, I would make s- sure that speech is equal to Mark Johnson because he had the best speech ever. He said the only one that matters. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, well, for me, I I've had spent a lot of time this year thinking like, fuck, could I ever like come up with a, another video part that's that's up at that level and I think it's just I've been reading a lot of photography books a lot of photographers talking about their own work and it's just no matter what field you're in if it's creative and if you're the one who has to put out the energy to make this next photo book or video part or novel like once you put a project out you will always be dead and you always think like fuck I'm never going to be able to do it again but if you love the thing you're doing and if that's a part of the way you live and experience the world then you're always going to come back so yeah if Tyshawn gets it again then I'm sure you know he knows it already if Louis gets it like he's a fucking champ he's gonna live well Nyjah of course knows how to take a trophy so none of these guys need any <laughs> advice from me okay. but uh it's natural to just go through the waves of the creative process and to feel like, all right, yeah, I did this big thing. Now, like, I'm feeling kind of down. My, my goal for myself is, is uh, comes from this photographer, Richard Mizrach, who's saying that he always works on two projects at once. Oh. So that when the one comes out, the, the book about, say, he's, like, photographing the desert in Vegas. Right. Or, I mean, in California, then he can just go back to Hawaii and keep shooting photos of the rainforest there. You know what I mean? It's like always have. So you don't have any downtime to have to come up with a thought yeah, of trying to start something new. Yeah, you can just keep, keep working. 
Yeah, I see that. That's a good thing. I mean, it's like the Beatles making music, right? They do like a couple albums and then they're like, we got to do the mystery tour. We got to do, we got to change up. We can't just yeah. do all I need is love every time. Yeah, for sure. So it's like, that's why bands change the music. And people are like, I want the old White Stripes, not the new one. And yeah. No, like, no, nah, nah, these guys need to change it up. They're getting bored of playing that same style. For sure. And it's skateboarding the same way. Skateboarding like, the same way. You can't just keep. You can't keep like, you know, jumping down rails like Nigel's doing. He's doing a great job because he sees like, okay, I've got the talent and there's so much left undone. Mm. But eventually he's gonna reach a point where he's like, uh, like cat back, lip down 15, nollie heel back, lip down 15, big spin front, blunt down 15. I can't, it's like, I've done everything I can do down 15. Mm -hmm. So now maybe I need to, People know I can do that, but people don't know I'm really good at manuals. So maybe I'll just fuck up a manual pad for a while. Right. It's just like you're searching for the outlets. It's less, it's less driven by thought and more like you living and and seeking. It's like underwater kind of feelings. You're just going towards the warmth or the what's interesting or what's you know, gonna surprise people for your next project. Okay, I wanna surprise people, so I'll do manual, you know, that kind of thing. Like, right. I think it's all pretty, like, natural, and you figure it out just okay. by skating. Were you stoked on uh, Walker Ryan's video where him and Ewan did that, uh, the street in LA, and they just, like, yeah, Wilshire? Yeah. Yeah, that was rad. Yeah. I, like, I've, that's kind of like, like, okay, I'll do this. And that's another good one, too, because, like, unless you've, been there you can't imagine as a skater you just can't imagine how much skate history is on that street you know it's like fucking mind-bending right yeah uh, you and <laughs> i was there in 2021 driving around and i was almost like okay it was like watching tv with things just yelling at you you know right just like buy me buy me it was it's like skate me skate me i'm like okay fuck jesus christ like there's the real cater back 50 like <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> there's uh, the 12 there's this this is probably, I always say, this is probably the toughest question I'm going to ask you because you've seen so much shit. But like, so it doesn't have to be the number one. Don't stress on that. But like, what's one of the best things you've ever been there to see happen on a skateboard? Um, like, I always go to like, I saw Danny Way jump off the guitar in Vegas. And that was just so weird and crazy that I, that always comes to mind. But like... You know, I've seen Greco switch frontside flip Lincoln, and uh, like his commitment to that was like really insane. Yeah. Too. So I was just like, you do you have like one time Dennis was just trying to put his pants on? It was hard. <laughs> <laughs> what was I doing with Dennis when he's not having pants on? <laughs> no, Dennis um, actually. Let me quote this because I actually asked Dennis something, and he had a. He said it might not be the best thing because there's so much, but he said. Uh, he saw you do a switch back tail shove it on a hubba in Madrid. I think it's in the Adi yeah. Adi He said that was one of the. Really? He said he thought that was one of the best things. One of the. He, he's like, dude, the guy's doing a lot of good stuff, but that was one of his. Wow, really? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was in Murcia. I think it was kind of earlier, right? Yeah, it was like the first trip I went on with Adidas. Okay. No, sec second. Maybe. Yeah, I think it was the first. But has there been anything? Yeah, the first overseas trip I took. To, like you're on a trip and you get back in the van and like a day later you're still going like, dude, I can't believe it. Oh, for sure. I'm trying to think of a good one. Yeah. Um, watching Jake Johnson skate on the Matt Masquerade trip was 
really sick. Oh. Um, I like the moments where, the moments that can't really be explained through videos, like when you watch somebody skate in real life that just, you, I, I walked up to Brandon Westgate a year ago and unless we had met in passing at a party, I knew for sure that I had never met him in person before. And you know, as, as a skater in the industry, you're always like, wait, have I met them or have I just seen them in videos? So I was thinking that as I walked up and I saw him from afar do a fakie flip and I knew right away that I'd never met him because that kind of shit can only be seen in real life. It's impressionable. You know? Like the, just how much lift he got. Yeah. He's a special individual. And how easy it was. Like he wasn't trying at all. He just like came fucking two and a half feet off the ground like just <laughs> for a regular kickflip. Yeah. Um, I think I've mentioned this in interviews too, but uh, Jesse Erickson mm. at, at Sunnyvale Park one day when it was, it was, it had finished raining. There were puddles everywhere. Still, so it was just me, him, and this other kid. I didn't know him yet. I was, I was like 13 or 14. Huh. But I did know who he was, and I thought he was really fucking sick. And this kid slipped out in the bowl while he was, while Jesse was skating by, and he just like hardly looked. And he's, you know, he's like seven feet tall, especially on the board. He hardly looked, and he just fucking snatched it out of the air, just caught it like at the peak. <laughs> it was the most glorious thing I've seen. That was yes. fucking amazing. And then the shit that Brandon Wynn does. Like I watched him try to ollie into this roof in Japan. It's like 30 feet off the ground, you ollie in, it's like a four foot drop into a steep ass roof that comes to like a nine or 10 foot, or eight to 10 foot drop. Mm. But it, the roof is way too fucking steep. And I just looked at it and I got so scared because I was like, dude, Brandon, like you can't do that. And he's like, what the fuck? You saying I can't do this? <laughs> and I was like, dude, please don't die. Oh. And he was like, fuck you, man. I can do this. And then he went up and, and honestly, you only get like one try at that spot. And I'm sure he could have done it if he had more tries, but like the one he went for, he fucking just like blew up upon impact. It was oh. such a gnarly slam. And of course he got up right away after he fell. So that was another one. Yes. Fuck, I don't know. It's, yeah, a little, little brain fart, but those are some good ones. Okay. Cool. Well, what's up for Christmas? What's, uh, you got plans? Are you going to go back east or are you coming to visit here? Yeah, every, every year pretty much I do Thanksgiving with my family, small trip, and then come back just a couple weeks later for Christmas. So it's always a good way to like get things going with Justin Albert again uh -huh. and with Homies in the Bay. Okay. Um, come by Atlas. So yeah, we, I'm, I'm going back right now. I'm going to go straight back to Boston. My girlfriend's going to pick me up mm. and she's finishing up her semester. Is it the, snowing back there? It's, it has snowed once, but it's not snowing not fully every day yet. Okay. Going to chill in the cold weather, <laughs> skate a bit and then come back in two weeks. I think the day I get back is the party, so I'll probably go to the party. Okay, so you'll come for Sody the party, party and then stay here till Christmas? Yeah, Christmas. till like a couple of days after Christmas. And is there any development on, I know you've kind of had the passion to write, like have you started like writing a book or anything? No, I haven't, yeah. No? Just been, I just journal all the time. Do you, you take notes and brainstorm and stuff? I just write, I like writing. I've written pretty much every day this month. Just really? 
well, it's like, just like it's a process. You wake up and write for a while while you're drinking coffee or something. Or? No, it's normally just like inspiration based. Like I'll just be thinking about just like you know shower thought that I realize is related to I don't know. I'm big on like connections between things and like the way a story is strung like lights between hooks on the wall mm. it's like okay like i have this thought in the shower and then like i know this other thing happened and then i love to see how you come from one thing to the next and the flow of that Dude, so I, I don't know I'm, I'm not like the stuff i write to is a lot of just like autobiographical stuff that i don't think many people would really care about mm. but it's just so you know, you maybe I'll, maybe for I'll the just, big idea to hit you. Yeah, kind of. I would okay. love I would love for that. I mean, I I love the creative process of working on video parts, and if I do feel like, oh shit, this could this could really be fulfilling, or like this could be something, then yeah, maybe one day I'll be like, oh, I have to put this out. Uh, but there's no sense. I'm not like, like I do have work from undergrad that uh, I've sent out to a place to like literary magazines. Yeah. And like I have this translation excerpt from a novel that some people really liked and I sent it to one place and they were like, hey, this, this isn't really what we're looking for, but this place and this place would be good, might be good homes for this. And I just like haven't even sent it because I'm like, I don't know, just don't really feel the need. Maybe one day I will, but I, nobody's telling me you have to publish or like you have to put this out and yeah. fuck. Okay. Just not feeling too much of too much pressure at all is there any book you read this year that everyone should read yeah for sure let's think because i need christmas presents yeah <laughs> dude i've just been loving this one photo series my wife sorry <laughs> she doesn't like what i call her girlfriend I was like, can't you be my girlfriend and my wife oh my god you gotta get with the times man no way you upgraded yeah for books i think i've just really been uh really been loving this photo book series by aperture Hmm. And the best one I read was Todd Heido's. It's on landscapes and interiors and stuff. And he just has beautiful photos and writes about the process and then shows you the shit photos too and like why and talks about why he likes the other ones more. Oh, really? That honestly so many fucking metaphors for the creative process in skating too. Hmm. Um, and then more classic novels I my, one of my favorite novelists, Jesse Ball, put out a new book this year, Autoportrait. Uh, read the second volume of Proust, which was a big one. It was fucking amazing. And got into Tom Stoppard. You just influenced somebody. That's what I'm going for. Do you like any cynicism, like like dark humor at all, like those type of books? or like I used to. Yeah? Yeah, when I was younger, for sure. Yeah. There's this Romanian... No, uh, like Romanian Vonnegut, author, right? He's like kind of. He's, the, yeah, he's a good guy. one for sure. <laughs> this this Romanian one, this Romanian writer though. What the fuck is his name again? Siorian, Siorin, Siorin. He he wrote this book called him. He writes like his titles are insane, like the problem with being born and shit like oh, that. Oh really? Yeah, he's pretty dark. I, but. I like that stuff. I still like it. I, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, Matt Irving sent me some questions, and I think this is fitting for kind of the ender piece. I also want to uh, 
acknowledge that I think your analogies are really awesome. Thanks. That like there was one that you were talking about playing darts and you were trying to get a bullseye the whole time and wherever you didn't get a bullseye, it was still good, it was yeah. still points. You put that aside. So the part came out with all the bullseyes, but the other stuff that didn't hit the bullseye was another part. Yeah. And I really like that. I just love analogies. It's it's something that I've been working on mentally to try. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's such a great way to explain something to somebody that you're having a hard time. For sure. You know? If you can relate it to something, then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, and why would you want to complicate something to somebody? Like, you want them to be in tune with what you're yeah, trying to say. for sure. So, Proust, yeah, Proust I, is super big on analogies. I know oh, really? a lot of people think he's, su like, he is long-winded and everything, but, like, every other sentence is a really beautiful analogy. Oh, uh, okay, that's, I got it. That's dive. part of the reason I love him. I'll dive into that. Okay, so he said, well, there's a funny one. <laughs> We should probably say this one because he says, Dennis is not the biggest planner. He's arguably an anti-planner. While you put a decent amount of thoughts into spots and tricks, what do you learn from him? What could he learn from you if he wasn't such a curmudgeonly old bugger? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've learned so much from Dennis, honestly. Yeah, mm -hmm. like there's the coming out of, coming out of, uh, college and skating again I, that hesitation thing i was talking about a lot of that was like Den i took dennis as my inspiration he was just like i think it's super helpful to have somebody in your head who does things right mm -hmm. doesn't mean i was like fawning over him and freaking out whenever i'd see him or anything but it was just like dennis keeps things moving he's a lot more about action than he is about planning and at that at that time i liked that so much because it's like when you get out of the van and you're at a spot and you've seen a ton of things like it and you're sore from being in the van or from skating the next, do you really want to skate? No. If you think about it, like why would you skate? You, you're sore, you can't get to your potential maybe and the spot is boring. But if you're just like, no, skating, we're skating, we're out, we're moving, I'm supposed to be doing this, I'm, I want to do this, let's go, and you just start moving, and you set yourself a challenge of like, okay, can I 50 this 10 rail? Then maybe you can figure out how to put a line together or like maybe there's something else there or just maybe the, f the feeling of, of jumping on that rail will spark something in you and you're just like down to do the best thing you can that normally you're not like, oh, I wanna go out and do that. But now that you have the clip, it's like that's a good starting point for something else, you know? So Dennis, yeah awesome role model he's a thinker too he's he's a big thinker yeah, yeah. amazing architect as well <laughs> <laughs> but um what could he learn from me i don't know fucking i think i uh, he let's see i don't know man i was skating with him two days ago he could yeah i was telling him he needed to go slower <laughs> yeah, he could learn to go slower. Because there, there was this line he was trying, and it was clear that he was not going to be able to get that Wally if he was just going as fast as he could. I was like, you know what, dude? You need to slow down and do a big old Wally instead of just going so fucking fast. So, yeah, Dennis, go slower. Okay, this one is kind of the pinnacle of this discussion. It's Christmas time, it's the end of the year, and like I said in the beginning, 
I can't say enough about how important it is for me to keep skate shops going. Atlas was really gracious in hosting us today, and I can't thank them enough. Ryan, Mike, Andy, the whole staff, I really appreciate it. And I also just can't tell you guys that are getting into skating maybe for the first time how important it is to go to a skate shop and ask questions and feel boards and try things on and get your, you know, get your in tune with what it is that stokes you and then, you know, use these influences. And uh, this question from Matt Irving, who is, uh, He's more than a TM, he's more than a friend, he's more than a filmer and editor, he's just this multifaceted human being that we all love and know. But he, he sent me this question for Mark, and it says, you've always had a fondness for representing your local skate shop, specifically Atlas, which is where we're at now, but also labor. Talk about the importance of a good shop and what that did to point you in a direction at a young age. Yeah, I mean, it just, I think it's so amazing to, it's beyond skating, you know, everybody's got their, like, BMX shop, I was just talking to somebody about their race car shop, They're, they build race cars and they go into the shop and talk about it, it's just so fun to have somewhere where, it's like a clubhouse, you know, you go in and you can just chat with people. I would, labor was right by my house, so when I was in school, I would walk home and you know, I didn't want to get right to writing or to doing projects and, you know, worried about it, procrastinating. I'd stop by the shop and just chat for hours and just feel so good, you know? It's like, you know you're welcome, you know you're gonna get some gossip. I've stopped believing things they tell me. Mm. Yeah, just, that was, they fucking, they love the gossip over there. They told me that my local coffee shop was never going to open back up, and, and the next day it did. Uh, <laughs> That's but, what I like too, though, is the little pranks that they can like jab you, and it's not ending. Like you're still friends. There's camaraderie. Camaraderie. You can like evolve Everybody's your going there. On it. Like, it's a good place to meet. Um, there's a, a video playing. Like, yeah, oh, dude. the new video's up, who's this? Oh, you gotta see this part. And you're all fired up and then you wanna go skateboard. Like, that's <laughs> what it is. Yeah, for sure. Check out the new stuff that's coming in, learn about the new companies. It's like a recharge, you know? Yeah. How do you deal with, like, what you were talking about? Like, I'm sure there's been some negative in your world, like, whether it's comments or just, like, rumors you hear or something like that. Like, especially with social media, like, I'm having a real tough time with it at times where I'm like, here's the analogy, because I'm an analogy guy. There's 500 comments. Yeah. 499 are you're the best dude. Yeah. But that 500th one is you suck ass, and you just can't figure out why you suck ass. Yeah. You don't even care about the 499 compliments. You're like, but that one guy said I suck ass, why? Uh, yeah. Like, does it get under your skin, or are you just like, that guy doesn't know? Like, how do you approach it? Yeah, I don't know. For, it's hard. It's, it People gets under my skin. People don't understand feelings. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> or, I mean, maybe they're just saying, maybe they're just saying, like, what's, obvious and true and to them it's like oh the, this wouldn't hurt someone's feelings but mm. you know like somebody calling out a toe drag or something like that and you're like ah oh, fuck I thought nobody would notice <laughs> you know what I mean like I don't know <laughs> just, I've 
I've been making putting out skate videos on YouTube since I was like maybe 15 or 14 so oh, okay just oh I think it really so fucked with me when I first saw it and now it's most of the time I see it it bums me out but I know it's gonna pass and I just wait for it to pass it's not something I need to like analyze go into I know how people how I come across to people pretty well now you know yeah and what can I do it's who I am but you know sometimes people sometimes people call sometimes people say things that you're that maybe you need to think a little bit more about you know well we always end on a musical choice I always like to say if you walk into a bar and there's a jukebox with every song what would you want to like let everyone listen to but uh, basically it's maybe a song for December that you want to put on or just something that's kind of in your mind the last song you played on your playlist or yeah well you asked me this a couple hours ago and it's still pretty early I woke up at like 6 today so I've been having a and it's raining. Yeah. Been having like a moody morning and I, there's this one song that uh, that I love a lot. It's called Gracias a la Vida. Okay. It's just real chill, real mellow, beautiful um, Spanish. Who, who's it by? Let's see. Yeah, she's super famous. Violeta Parra. Okay. I'm looking around at Jai Tanju's photos on the wall and there's some really cool ones. Yeah, Jai kills it. Ray Barbie. Jai's the first person to give me a, he gave me a film camera. No way. Got me hyped on shooting photography. Oh, how cool. Shout okay, out, so. Jai. Shout out. So, uh, yeah, Joan Baez wrote this song. Oh. But it's just beautiful. She's got such a good voice. Lovely song. Thought we, we could all mellow out to that one. <laughs> we did it, kids. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much. Thank you. 2022 hey. coming to an end. Yeah. Santa's gonna bring you some Atlas shirts, maybe a collab hoodie if you're lucky. Oh yeah. Come to Atlas, enjoy your holidays, and we don't know who Sodi is yet, but you do, because when this comes out, it'll have been announced. <laughs> Go Sodi. For the old man. Peace. Thank yeah. you, dude. Thank you. Fucking That's super fun. It so much. Thank you. Gracias a la vida. Que me ha dado tanto, me dio dos lucetros, que cuando los abro, perfecto distingo lo negro del blanco, y en el alto cielo su fondo brillado, en las multitudes el hombre que yo amo gracias a la vida que me ha dado tanto me ha dado el oído que en todo su ancho graba noche y día Grillos y canarios, martillos, turbinas, ladridos, chubasco y la voz tan tierna de mi bien amado. Gracias a la vida que me ha dado tanto, me ha dado el sonido 
con él la palabra que pienso y declaro Padre amigo hermano que lo está alumbrando la ruta del alma del que estoy amando gracias a la vida que me ha dado tanto me ha dado la marcha de mis pies cansados con ellos anduve ciudades y charcos playas y desierto montañas y llano y la casa tuya tu calle y tu patio Gracias a la vida que me ha dado tanto, me dio el corazón que agita su marco cuando miro el fruto del cerebro humano, cuando miro el bueno el malo cuando miro el fondo de tus ojos claro gracias a la vida que me ha dado tanto dado la risa que me ha dado el Así yo distingo dicha de quebranto los dos materiales que forman mi canto y el canto de ustedes que es un mismo canto y el canto de todos que es mi propio canto Gracias a la vida que me ha dado tanto. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at TalkingSchmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. Shout-out. Love it! This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, 
but the conversation is deeper. Keep the wheels greased.